There ain't no easy way out. I won't back down. Good morning. It is Monday. Amazing. It's beautiful in Los Angeles today. Uh, I know that around the country there there were a couple of uh, hurricanes or tornadoes, but uh, I pray for those folks and uh, for a speedy recovery. Um, you know, it's really awful when those kind of things happen, but that's what we have to deal with in, in on this earth: earthquakes, tornadoes, snow uh, um, snow storms, all kind of crap. But that's what we deal with. But let's pray for the folks, wish them well, uh, speedy recovery in those areas that were uh, hit by tornadoes over the weekend. Jesse Lee Peterson is here. Welcome to the show. It is Monday morning, bright, beautiful, sunshiny morning uh, in Los Angeles. And hope that you are well around the country, that you had a good weekend. You know, we had a very interesting discussion yesterday. We have a guest for you, and I believe that they're getting the guest for me now. So as soon as they do, we'll bring him up. But um, we we had a very interesting discussion yesterday in our Sunday morning services. If you're ever in the Los Angeles area or you are in L.A. already and you would like to attend our Sunday morning meetings, you're more than welcome. From ten, they they uh, began at ten thirty a.m. on Sunday mornings, and all are invited, young, old, male, female, black, white, Hispanic, and whatever you are, you're welcome to come. We had a discussion about love and lies. I find that uh, uh, the people I run into, most people I run into, and I do a lot of public speaking around the country, love lies over truth. They don't believe in truth. They believe in lies, even though they say they believe in truth. And it was very, very, we're going to have to start taping those meetings. That's really what we need to do. But it was very, very, very interesting. And that most people do love lies, even though they thought or think that they love truth. And we talked about the evidence of loving lies. How do you know when you love lies? Because most people don't recognize that they love lies over truth. But it was very, very, very interesting. So if you would like to attend our meetings, Sunday morning meetings, uh, go. you can call us at 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. Or go to our website at bondinfo.org. Bondinfo.org. B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G. And uh, get the address from there, the time of the meetings. All invited Sunday morning. You don't want to miss these meetings. I mean, I look forward to them. I do a lot of speaking, so it's not like something I have to do. Or, I mean, it's not like something that, you know, I do because I can't get talks or speaking engagements anywhere else. I look forward to the, to the Sunday morning meetings because of... um. Uh, what I learn from learn from myself and from others, to be honest, because a lot of stuff I know and I don't know that I know it until I say it, until I speak it. So it's uh, very interesting. Lines are wide open today. It is Monday morning in beautiful Los Angeles, and lines are wide open. If you'd like to call in, it is eight 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 
877 Jesse, Jesse's with no I, 88877 uh five three seven seven three feel free to call in lines are wide open my guess is is uh uh reverend timothy j winters and uh he winters and he is a pastor of bayview baptist church out of san diego california and i've spoken with the pastor before he's a good man so put your ears close to the to the uh radio or, or if you happen to be listening by internet around the world, put your ears close to your internet speakers. You don't want to miss Reverend Winters. He is. Uh, he also has a a, a school. Let's see. It's the uh, Namibia Leadership Academy. Namibia Leadership Academy. He's going to talk about that as well. Uh, let's see here. Reverend Winters, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning to you, Jesse <laughs> Lee Peterson. You and I were supposed to have gotten together and just didn't come about yet. You know, we got to do that. Yeah. I guess our listeners need to know we have not met personally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've done all of our fellowship and interaction by telephone, but it's good to to uh, hear your voice again and to salute you for the good work that you do, Jesse. Thank you very much. And, and right back at you, I have a lot of respect for what you're doing. Thank you, sir. You know, it's really good, too, because it's hard to find, you know, you happen to be black, but it's hard to find a lot of black men, especially, who are on the side of good and not into the color thing and just want to do what's right. Well, I I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Not that I consider myself in the description that you've just given. Yes. Um, I am... uh, I'm thankful for who I am. Yeah, I don't, I don't like to say proud black man, but I'm thankful <laughs> for who God made me, how He made me, and that that's significant to me. But aside from that, uh, there is a there is a uh, quality of Christian living that's that should be equalized among all ethnicities. Yes. That's what I'm about. You, you are, and I appreciate that. I want to, there's so much I want to talk to you about. Um, let me get into some of the current issues first, and then we want to talk about salvation because we definitely want people to, you know, be born again, to yep. find that new way. But I want to talk to you about this riot uh, that happened in uh, L.A. last, I believe it was on May 1, yeah. May Day, with the illegal demonstration uh, uh well, pro illegal immigration rally, which turned ugly when the, when there were a couple of agitators who threw rocks and bottles at the police officers, sure. and they had to come in with the batons and rubber bullets to uh, clear the area, and now uh, the attack is upon the police officers rather than the illegals. You know, uh, uh, I read a report that twelve to thirteen police officers were hurt. Uh, you have California uh, Assemblyman Speaker uh, Fabian Nunez and John Mack, who is the L.A. Police Com- Commission, coming out after the police officers. It's like in America today, criminals have the rights and police are considered criminals. Am I seeing this thing upside down? What do you think about well, that? Uh, Jesse, my, my viewpoint on that is that uh, the whole perspective or perception of the 
the demonstration. Well, that, that's what it was. It, it was started out supposed to be a peaceful demonstration. Right. My point is that that the whole perspective and perception of supporting illegal immigration is out of kilt. Uh, in the same sense, well, let me back up a minute and say, we're being invited as blacks to join that in, in supporting illegal immigration, illegal immigration uh, to say that it is similar to our struggle or yeah. is a war similar to our civil rights movement. Yes. They're not the same in the same sense that gays and lesbians are saying to us, join us and help us win our rights as uh as you won yours, the the premise for for the illegals here is is wrong. We, they're illegal. Yes. And from there, the whole uh, the whole thing is just out of focus for me. And I think the the strategy is to shift the blame to the police. Now we know we have our share of problems with police. Yes. We have our the the Rodney King thing happens many times. It's just. People are not there with a camera to catch it. We know that's true. But this situation is just off-center from the start. I agree. Yes. You know, I the um, uh, the police chief apparently apologized, came out and apologized. So these officers really don't have a chance if the police chief is not supporting them. Uh, you make a very interesting point when you say that blacks are being invited to join these folks and they want to classify illegal alien as civil rights, as a civil rights issue. Yeah. And we have been used as black Americans. We have been used over the last 50 years or so by the radical homosexuals. They said, well, you know, we have been discriminated against just as you've done with black people. This is a civil rights issue. Yeah. Um, the National Organization of Women Who Hate Men, uh, the Planned Parenthood who, who want to just murder black and white babies, all babies really, inside the mother's womb. And yet, black Americans, not all, but most have stood by quietly and allowed uh, this to happen to us. And we have not really fought back on this. I think, Jesse, that's because not enough voices are being heard uh on this viewpoint, um, to to have our people hear an, an another, not another, but an alternative viewpoint, which in my my perspective is the correct viewpoint on this matter of, yes. of support. We weren't we were we were citizens, uh, and, and we fought for our rights as citizens of this country. That's right. Okay, who were not being allowed into the mainstream of American life. That's what we fought for. We didn't fight to get in here and try to stay here <laughs> illegally. That's right. I don't understand. It's weird to me. One other issue that I read this morning that is categorized as a black issue is this AIDS disease. I was reading BlackPressUSA.com where Maxine Water, Congresswoman Maxine Waters won uh, the government to uh, pass a bill that requires all prisoners to have an HIV test when they enter into prison, when they come out, and she wants insurance companies to pay for it. But they are now calling the AIDS and HIV a black disease. And to me, that's uh, 
that's just incredible, you know, that all of a sudden this is a black disease. I remember when AIDS first came out and predominantly in the homosexual community, people were saying that it was a homosexual disease. That was, a, I mean, just an outrage about calling it a homosexual disease until they finally stopped doing it. I see. And now they're calling it a black disease. I see where you're going with that. You know, I'm not aware that that's the new trend now for yeah. labeling uh, the AIDS uh, uh, virus. HIV is the virus. AIDS is the is the real illness. Right. I'm not uh, I'm not aware of that, but your point is well taken. Uh, but again, we don't um, we don't speak up enough. We're not organized. There's no structure for uh, the voice. Yeah. Of the I think the majority viewpoint of African Americans is not in the in the small um, window of political persuasion that you hear that gets the attention of the media as the viewpoint of black people. Right. I agree. One other issue about that, Jesse Jackson and some of the so-called civil rights leader called the AIDS disease or HIV virus AIDS disease a civil rights issue. And you know, when they say civil rights issues, it's about government money. Sure. Let me take a quick break, Reverend, okay. and uh, we'll be back in a moment. 888-77-JESSE, 888-53773. Back in a moment. Lines are wide open. A great day in Los Angeles, Monday morning, 10.15, well, 10.17 a.m. We're on the air Monday through Friday, 10 to 12 Pacific time. Uh, tell your friends, if you're not getting us uh, in your area by way of radio, you should always listen to us online by going to bondinfo.org, B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G. And some of you have already gone to your local radio stations and told them about the show. And uh, they can just plug in now. You know, they can pick us up. We are out there, and there's no other radio show like the Jesse Lee Peterson show that I'm aware of. And I invite you to go to your local station or call them and ask them to pick up the show. If you'd like to call in, it's 888-77-JESSE, no I with the Jesse. My guest this first hour is Pastor Timothy Winters. He is the pastor of Bayview Baptist Church out of San Diego, California. We're going to tell you how to get in, in contact with the church, with the pastor, in case you're in the area there or you'd like to send a donation to the pastor to help them out. They're doing good work there. So uh, we will let you know how to get in contact with them. Uh, pastor Winter, there's so many issues going on in America today. And uh, I understand that they're uh, spiritual issues. They have nothing to do with the physical and we are trying to get people to get to that point. Uh, how how do people, f- I, I believe the only way they're going to get there first is that they must be born again. You know, they have to overcome that pride for nature and become men and women of God. How do people, how 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 can you be born again? What is salvation all about? Well, well Jesse, that takes us back to the heart of the gospel. The root of the gospel is to bring life uh, to deadness. The scripture says in Ephesians 3 and 1, we were dead in trespasses and in sin, and that the Holy Spirit gives us life. So when that word of God touches the uh, receptive heart, that person is changed. We call it born again. We call it regenerated again. Without a genuine, uh, sincere confession 
uh, on the on the work of Christ, the person of Christ, we cannot be saved. And uh, that is still the clear uh, presentation of the gospel. Salvation is through Jesus Christ and no other name. And what is salvation and how do you recognize that you have it? All right. Salvation is is to be is to be saved from our inherent sin. We inherit sin. Uh, I'm fascinated with this thing called DNA. I can hardly let a night pass without watching at least one forensic file. I'm, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just fascinated that they yeah. can, they can convict someone with just uh, with just a swab of spittle from their mouth. Yes. So we inherit sin in the same sense that we have our DNA. And uh, it that's the issue that must be dealt with. We are forgiven. We are set free from the bondage of sin based on our faith in Jesus Christ. His blood cleanses us from our sin. Right. That is basic gospel that will never change with me. Uh, and anybody else who thinks that they can preach a salvation that does not include the blood of Jesus for our sins is missing the mark. And... How can we recognize sin? Because, you know, sin is not a popular word anymore. <laughs> and so, you know, Jesse, let me tell you what I teach my new members class. The main evidence of sin is death. Yes. The main evidence of sin, there's no explanation for death outside of the scriptures. The Bible is the only source that gives an explanation for dying. Everything living dies, animate and inanimate. Goldfish in the bowl, parakeet in the cage, flowers in the garden. Everything dies, and the Bible is the only source that gives an explanation for that. And so are all people sinners? All yes. people? Yes. All oh. have sin. All are born sinful. Is that our fault that we are born sinful? Oh, I'm glad you asked that, because a lot of people <laughs> would like to suggest that it was Adam's. If there was an Adam, they go on and on. If there was an Adam and Eve, then it's their fault. But I just indicated that... Uh, we inherit biological DNA from our parents. We also inherited a sinful DNA from our parents. Now, we would have a good argument before God if if God had not provided salvation for us through Jesus Christ. There's an option. We choose. It's like a it's like a person cussing out the umpire because he didn't get the first base in time. Right. That's the umpire's rule. If you don't get to the base before the ball is thrown, you're out. You can cuss the umpire out all you want. So we did. I mean, is it true that we inherited sin from Adam? It's because of what he did. Yes. And but it is constantly passed down, continuously passed down from parents to children, generation after generation. That's how it works. That's how it works. Oh, okay. And um, is there like anything in our lives that you can point out? that say any action or any act that we perform or carry out that says that that's sin. Okay. Uh, I'll say it for me. I'll use myself as an example. We, we are sinners based on our nature. It's in our nature to, to be sinful. Men do masculine things because of a masculine nature. Right. Women do women, feminine things because of the feminine nature. So right. we have this nature in us to sin. Sin, Jesse, oftentimes we think is just the bad things that we do. 
sin is also the good things that we don't do. In the run of a day, none of us do all the good that we can do. So an example of sin, and I think what I'm hearing that for those that don't think that they are sinning, is when you commit adultery, when you lie. Those uh, are examples. When you uh, uh, have chil- is children, having children out of wedlock, and that a sin? It is a sin, but all sins are forgivable. Do you know that I've had many preachers to tell me lately that having children out of wedlock is no. not a sin? No, there's no curse on the child as such, as some people would take it to extreme. Right. But to do that is out of the will of God. God wants children to be born in a family. Yes. In a family of a father and mother, in a family of a husband and a wife, I should say. <laughs> God desires that's his that's his now anything outside of that is sin. That's not to say that that that, that uh, mother or that father can, cannot or and should be repentant of what they've done. I have to deal with that uh in the church. Me that's too. How, that's how I explain it. I think one of the reasons a lot of pastors are afraid to say that now is because they don't want to offend the mother. Yes. And uh, they don't want the, you know, the mother to lead the church. They don't want her to feel badly. So they don't say that that's a sin. No, I counsel, I counsel the mother, um, the unwed mother, along with parents if they're available. What has happened? I've hadn't had anyone refuse or reject my um, admonishment to them yes. as to what to do now. That's right. You did this, but what to do now? And that's to go before God and ask him to forgive you, ask him to bless the child. He'll do all of that. Yeah, I agree. Homosexuality, is that a sin? Homosexuality is a sin. How do your members react when you, I mean, how do your, the people of your church, because a lot of times you have guests as well, you know, how do they react when you say that? I've had guests uh, to have been offended, but uh, the disciples at the church, they know that I, I don't bend the scripture. I don't bend <laughs> the scripture. I, have, I didn't write the book. I have to preach it. That's right. And so I have my suspicions of some people, uh, some men and women in, in our church. But if, if they will, if they will submit themselves to the word as it goes forth, not my voice, but the Lord's voice, uh, we have no issues. I'm not trying to single anybody out. I'm not tracking anybody down to see what their lifestyle is. I don't take necessarily a and make that a point other than when I'm under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to do so. I preached a whole series on it so that I wouldn't just pot shot at homosexuality in messages right? like I have done and like some preachers do. I took a time and did uh, a research on it and preached a series on it to, to put it in biblical perspective. So there are occasions when I have to. Preach it, and I do. There was, uh, in thinking about the homosexual, thinking about homosexuality, the House of Representatives just passed a bill last week, last Thursday. They call it a hate crime bill, mm-hmm. and the bill is to prevent uh, anyone from speaking out against homosexuality, and that includes the preachers in the churches and on their radio shows, such as we are doing right now. And hopefully President Bush will veto the bill. But I was just, as you were speaking, I was thinking about how protected homosexuality is today. And they're constantly... And they're coming more. Yeah. But But here's the other point, Jesse. We allow our elected representatives to do that. When I say we, majority of them are African-Americans, are Democrats, 
and and it's our I don't mean no harm. It's our democratic representatives yeah. who are pushing the homosexual agenda. They're pushing that. I have to honestly tell you, Reverend, I'm fifty seven years old. I will be if I live long enough I'll be fifty eight, May twenty second of this year. I never thought that I would live to see the day when black so many black Americans, especially the political ones, support things that are so wrong. I remember growing up, I literally thought while growing up, and I realized now that things was wrong, but I thought that only white people committed sin, that only white people were homosexuals and <laughs> <laughs> had abortion. I remember I grew up down in Alabama on a plantation. I remember my uncles would go to Florida in upstate New York during the summer month to work. And they would come back and they had all these stories about these white homosexuals that they had seen, right? Yeah. And I just thought white people committed sin. I did not know black people were into this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so to see that nowadays yeah. is absolutely amazing to me. Let me ask you, Jesse, what does homophobic mean to you? Well, they say it means... No, no, just, just what is it? What is it? It's the fear no. of homosexual. Are you scared of homosexual? Not at all. See, then that's an un, that's an that's an undeserved term. Yeah, people who would hear us speaking now would call us homophobic. Yeah, I have no fear of homosexual. That's right. None. I've counseled. I've counseled Reverend with so many homosexuals, men and women, over the last seventeen years, and many of them have overcome. Uh, uh, homosexuality. They're now yeah. out there living normal lives. Yes, there, 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 there are several ministries, successful ministries around. Um, I probably shouldn't call this name because I didn't get permission to do it. But uh, there's one in, in Raphael, San Raphael, California. Uh-huh. Does a real good job on uh, bringing men and women out of out of homosexuality. Yes, they're out there. People, they are overcoming it. Sure. Um. So sin. The way that we as people can recognize if we're sinners or not is the things that we carry out, the way we act in a lot of areas of our lives, right? As well as the good that we don't do. Give me an example of that. I don't understand the good we don't do. We call it the sin of commission, bad things we do. The sin of omission, the good things that we don't do. When you have... uh, We'll just call it an urge to do something good, and you talk yourself out of it. Right. That would be sin. When you have opportunity to witness to someone, and you quench the spirit, and you and you don't, you let it pass. That is sin. Oh, I see. Yeah. I've never heard it put that way before. You have not. Oh, no. that's a, that's a very common, I should say, uh, teaching on sin: the good that you don't do, as opposed. To over against the bad that you do. Hey, let me take a bottom of the hour break, Reverend. 888-77-JESSE, 888-77-53773. We're going to take a bottom of the hour break. Do not touch that dial. Reverend Timothy Winters is my guest, and he's up for questions and concerns. We'll be back in a moment. Uh, welcome back. Jesse Lee Peterson is here, 888-77-5373. Uh, Reverend Timothy Winters is my guest. Uh, he is with the Bayview Baptist Church out of San Diego, California. 
a good man. I have the utmost respect for Pastor Winter, and I'm so glad he's with us today. Pastor Winter, before I go to the callers, I want to tell you this. You heard that commercial from the producer of the show? No, I didn't hear the commercial. I was just on dead silence. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There was a uh, young man, uh, uh, Malcolm Brooks. He is 19 years old. One of the things that we do at Bond is we have home for young men. We bring them in and show them how to repent, to forgive, uh, finish school. But we also teach them trades. Some of them like start businesses and things like that. And Malcolm is the new producer here, and he's 19 years old. First time he's ever done anything like this. And uh, it's really uh, inspiring to see the change that is happening in his life right now. That's great. I was speaking to him on the phone. Let's back up to that. Send James 4.17. Uh-huh. To him that knows to do good and does it not is sin. Oh, okay. 417, okay. Yeah, and then you got attitudinal sins. Pride and arrogance, prejudice. Well, that's interesting. I want to, let me take some calls real fast here because the people have been waiting for a little while. Right. And I will come back to the omission and commission issue. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to... Let's go to line one. Damien, Damien, where are you calling from? I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm out in Phoenix, Arizona. Jesse, how you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for calling. You're Absolutely. on the air. Absolutely. I just uh, just calling in, man. I just uh, was enjoying the um, you know the um, interview that you were having, and I just had a kind of comment or so to okay. make on okay. issue. And um, basically, my comment was just that: What do you? I mean, as a you know. Obviously, the problems that we're having are in the church. I mean, the, the the biggest problem, even when it comes to being political, a lot of that has to do with the church following and what people are believing in. So what do you do as a preacher yourself to help these preachers? I mean, what is? I mean, they are obviously one of the biggest problems that we're having is the preachers <laughs> having the correct training. So, like, what do you do about that? That's a good question. Weber Winters? Well, I'm glad he, uh, Damien got to that because that was in my thoughts as we were speaking earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, many of our pastors are out of sync with the issues that we face today as a people. Um, I'm not talking about a political viewpoint, but just to have a broad enough um, knowledge so that their their preaching has a broader effect. I'm going to preach the scriptures as straight and clear as I can, but I have the obligation also to bring into that message applications to the current situations that we are dealing with and that we are living in. Many times our preaching does not touch that. Is it due to a lack yeah. of knowledge, or are they afraid to tell the truth in the pulpit for fear of losing the congregations? I think, first of all, Jesse and Damien may have his viewpoint, too. I think, first of all, it starts with the lack of knowledge. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're underexposed. I totally agree with that. I agree that the, you know, the interpretation of the Bible is, is a lot simpler than people try to make it, and that's just the problem. Is is that they just fall, you know, they just fall into this whole thing that they have to try to interpret the Bible in a certain way. I mean, it's just so simple. The the answers are all there, and I'm just hoping that maybe one day, 
You know, because obviously you want to help as many people in this world as possible. Just like the gay person, you want to help him, and the young man who's out there gangbanging who really needs some help. You have to have patience with them. But you do have to have patience with these preachers. But I just think that there's, there's some kind of way to teach preachers to kind of come to grips with, you know, a, a fine line of how they're affecting the world. I mean, it's just, it's, that's the whole problem. I mean, even, I mean, I know this is not a, it's more spiritual issue, but you, you have to admit that the following of the church is what makes a lot of these political um, views go, go further and where they become laws and stuff. So, you know, I just, just feel like there's got to be a way to get to the preachers to help them because they're kind of close to God or some of them are at least, you know, <laughs> Well, Damien, thank you, and Jesse, here, here's Thank you, point. Damien. I appreciate your call so much. Thank As, you. Thank you. As we brought our discussion toward the matter of sin at the end, as you're hearing now, a gospel, that, gospel as we're calling it now, many times never even, never even gets close to uh, the matter of sin. We've got a whole new... Um, Flavor, if you please, yes. of the gospel, <laughs> yep. and it it does not touch anything uh, related to to sin. It's getting uh, all you can and sitting on the can and poisoning the rest so nobody else can get it. That kind of thing. I've had over the last seventeen years or so, we have tried to get many other ministers, and and this is both black and white. Now, at one point, it was just black minister we were trying to get involved with the abortion issue. Because over the last, since the early 70s, over 15 million black babies have been aborted. And every day, 1,500 or so are aborted inside the black woman's womb. And these kids are so young. Uh, these girls are very young and having these abortions. And many other black preachers said they're not going to get involved in, in the protests because women have a right to do whatever they want with their bodies. And who, who are they to tell them not to do it? And it just... It don't, they don't seem to really care about sin or what's really going on. Yeah, the scripture says we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. That's what I ask. Whenever I hear women say, well, it's my body and my choice, I ask, well, can you tell me how you created your body? Yeah. If you could demonstrate how you created this body, then I would accept it's your body. But the scriptures tell me that our bodies are not our own. Our bodies are the temple of God That's right. and that we should worship him. And so that means you have to keep that body as clean as possible sure. because it's God's house. And most of them, they can never, well, not most, none of them can ever tell me how they created their body, their choice. Sure. I yeah. want, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was told this would be a 30 minute uh, oh, okay. interview and I'm past my time. Oh, I didn't know that, Reverend. Yeah. They didn't tell me that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, there's so many other issues. Well, we'll have to have you back then. Okay. So, because I didn't know it was 30 minutes. They forgot to tell me. Okay. Um, tell the folks how to get in contact with oh, thank you. your church or your, your ministry. First Reverend. of all, they can use the website bayviewbc.org. Bayviewbc. That's B as in boy for Baptist Church. Bayviewbc.org. And we have a very nice website that will. Um, bring up all of the various ministries that we have as it relates to the salvation thing as you uh, matter as we were discussing. Yes. Jesse, I baptize every Sunday. 
Yes. Every Sunday. That is good. We have a thriving church. Baptism is not hidden in the evening service or once a month on communion night. Just before the choir comes in, or after the choir is in the in the choir stand and a processional end, I hit the water. It don't take five minutes to baptize <laughs> five or six people. Yes. Right back in church, but nothing stops. We do two services. The first is at 745. That's our largest service is completely packed. And then uh, the second service kicks in at 11, and that service usually wraps up around 1 o'clock. We have what we call SICL, S-I-C-L, Studies in Christian Living in between. We don't do Sunday school anymore. We select our own literature based on what we've just been talking about. The many issues that are going on in the, and for Damien's concern about pastors, cutting-edge pastors need to look for for information to help our people to live in these times. I That's have, right. I don't have no uh, axe to grind with that uniform lesson series that you get in Sunday school, except if you grew up in church, if you're in church, you know many times the lessons that come down do not relate to where we are, particularly in a church experience as an individual congregation, and the lesson may not apply to us more generally so that we can relate to what we're going through. So we select our own subjects in sickle studies in Christian living. So that goes between, in the old Sunday school time, what we, what we used to call Sunday school, we now call it sickle. And that's for the young and the old? That's for everybody from the crawlers all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> that is a great idea. Yeah. I've not heard that idea before. Yeah. I noticed that your church have gone from a fam- uh, 60 families yeah, to, to about 2,500 or so. There were nine members in the choir when I came there. I never will forget it. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord has been kind. He's been well, kind. Well, I'm not surprised, Reverend. Whatever you do good, it comes back. Yeah. Uh, once again, give out your information. Okay, one more time. Uh, BayviewBC.org. And if I may, uh, Jesse, we have the only gospel, 24-hour gospel station in San Diego. And that's KSON. 10, 1240, KSON 1240, and when people get through listening to your show, of course, I want them to finish listening to your show, <laughs> and they can they can go to the web of thesoulofsandiego.com, and they can listen live to gospel music all day and all night. So in, in the San Diego area, they can listen to KSON 1240 on the radio, yes. but they can... Also, go to the website and listen to it for the rest of the day if they want. Internet. The internet. Yes. I mean, yeah, the internet. By way of internet. Right. And uh, that's one of the good things that uh, is hosted at the Bayview Church as well. Right. Yes. Well, Pastor. If you ever down this way, Jesse, let's hook up. I will. I, I definitely will. And next time I'm up your way, I'll make sure I do the same. Blessings yeah. to you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank and God you. bless you for what you're doing. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming on. All right. Well, I didn't know he was for. 30 minutes. My producer will get fired today. He's new on the job, but this is his last day. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. 888-7753. Did you know he was half an hour? 45 minutes to an hour. 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, okay. You forgot to tell me? Huh? You forgot to tell me? Oh, okay. So you were expecting at least 45 minutes, and he said he could possibly stay for an hour? Okay. Well, you're not fired after all. 
888-777-5373, 888-77-JESSE. Lines are open. Uh, Pastor uh, Winters, Winters had to leave. Apparently, he was under the pressure that he was on for a half hour today. My producer said, he said 45 minutes to an hour or so. Uh, that he could possibly do an hour. But that's fine. I enjoyed it. But there were so many other questions I had. I didn't even tap into some of the things I would have liked to ask the pastor. But you know what? We have other people on. We, we, and I'll have him back as well. You can also listen to his show at KSON, Gospel Music on 1240 down in San Diego. So check him out. We uh, 888-775-3773. We're going to have to change the dialogue a little bit here unless you have questions and answer about what you've heard thus far. But let's take a break, and we'll come back in a moment. Lines are open. 888-775-3773. We had other calls on hold, but somebody, can we get people to answer the phones out there? The phones are ringing, and no one picking them up for some reason. I, talk to me, son. Why is that happening? 888-775-3773. 888-77-TALK. Um, no, not TALK. Jesse. <laughs> talk. 888-77-JESSE. And Jesse is with no I. All right? We are revealing the lie so you can see the truth. Jesse Lee Peterson is here. We're here Monday through Friday from 10 a.m., to 12 noon specific standard time. Tell the folks about the show. Uh, if you're not getting it, you know, it's a brand new show, so uh, you may not be getting it by way of radio right now in your area. Uh, call your local station station, and tell them about the show. All right? Uh, let's see. Let's go to line two here. Thanks for calling. What's your first name and where are you calling from? Damien Davis. Oh, okay, Damien. I wanted to call in again. Is that illegal? No, that's fine. Have your way. Oh, okay. You're on the air, Damon. Oh, okay. Hey, I was just giving you a call because I just wanted to know, um, Jesse, are, in your situation as far as, like, what was called earlier about the churches needing help, um, have you, have do you mention, like, to the last preacher that you spoke to, have you mentioned how, how bad it is for them to kind of do more of a dialogue in church instead of church being kind of like a, you know, a thing where people go in to listen to music and get a couple of few words and kind of, you know, you know, shake them up a little bit. Instead, that people actually, like in your church, people converse with each other, hear others' problems, you know. Yeah. Another person's problem helps another person hearing it. And sometimes them standing up even, you know, gives them the courage to stand up, you know. And those, those are just small issues, I think, that aren't in the churches right now, even the ones that I go to. Well, you yeah, make a, I, I have not spoken to Reverend uh, Winters about that, but you make a very good point, especially in the black churches, black Americans, not all, not all, not all, but most of them are so angry and emotional that the only way that they can survive is by having lots of music, uh, lots of hooping and hollering and carrying on. And so they tend to party Friday or Saturday night and get up on Sunday morning, go to church and finish off the party. And the preachers keep them excited in order to seduce them to, you know, get their money and get and get their uh, uh, support for the church. There is no real honest uh, dialogue or teaching in churches, in most of the black churches today particularly. And uh, yeah. and as a result, the people issues 
are not being dealt with. Another thing that they do too is they they have these folks that come in and just preach the Bible to them, not knowing because they don't get feedback or questions, they don't even they don't know that they're not even, or care that they're not even helping the congregations. The congregation yeah. feel good for a moment, but when they go out there into the world, the world just it, it wiped them out because they have not discovered, they have not been born again, they have not, they don't have any power at all. Yeah, and a lot of churches are doing that. You're absolutely right. Yes, yeah, so I just wanted to you know comment on that issue. I know you probably have other callers, but you know there's a lot of issues. I actually like the other gentleman that was on your show, and he, he mentioned that um, you know some sins are. <laughs> Things that are sometimes sins are things that you don't do or, you you know, you don't pay attention to, you know, and things like that. And, and I don't know, I, I just don't know, I, I like what he said because I do feel like there's things that I know I should be doing and I'm not doing it. Why not? But is that actually a sin, you know? Is well, that actually a sin? I wanted to not? get into that. Uh, Let me say this to you, Damon. I wanted to get into that with him a little more because I had never heard that before and I, but we're going to have yeah. to bring him back to get a better understanding of what he was talking about. So yeah. I'll have him back on. But why is it that you don't do the things you know you should be doing? It's like, um, I think it's just, I think it, it, I just feel like, um, I don't know if I feel like I'm being forced to do it, you know, because, okay, I know I want to do it, but yet I have these other things that I like to do. Or I like to, you know, uh, drink or you know, have a cigarette or something like that. And those are things that I know that I shouldn't be doing, but I just don't want to give them up right now. And it's like, <laughs> and sometimes that keeps me away from being fully faithful to God because I know that, you know, with those things right there that I, it's almost like I feel like I don't have a choice, you know, like I'm not going to win anyway, you know, it's like might as well be bad until your calling comes and, you know, whatever happens, you get hurt or something or you get a disease or you know, can't breathe or something like that. And then that's when I feel like, then I guess when my back is against the wall, that's when I, 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 I work best, you yeah. know, or something like that. And I'm like convinced that of that. Right. So. Um, one thing about smoking and drinking, most people smoke and drink because they want to deny reality. They want, they use cigarettes and alcohol and other things to keep away from, from consciousness. They don't want their conscience to convict them of being wrong. They don't want to face who they really they really are. And so they smoke and drink to stay in denial. And until you are willing to overcome sin or overcome yourself by staying away from that smoking and drinking and face who you really are, it's just never going to get better from you or for you. Most people use things of the world to deny consciousness. To come, God gave us a conscience, and our conscience convict, convicts us when we are wrong. But if you use sex and drugs and video games to deny being wrong, you're never gonna get right. Yeah. But you gotta learn. You gotta learn to take the pain of your conscience, so that God can come in and save you. And that's that's the big issue too. Is I guess. I don't know. I'm just too easy. It's too easy to give in to the pain as far as the uh, versus the fight of stopping. Like, you know, you smoke a cigarette or you drink, there's withdrawals when you stop, you know, like, you know, you may not feel it. It may not be so, so intense where you just like shaking like no drug addict or something like that. But at the same time, there were days when you know that you shouldn't have a drink, 
but you still go have one, and you know that cigarettes are bad, they're going to kill you, they're going to hurt you, and you know it, but you still go have one, even if you tell yourself, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's the weirdest thing, man. I, I, I really... Well, you know, I wouldn't. I if I were like you, people have to go through some kind of pain or something like that before they really realize. Because that's one thing that happens to wake people up—pain or some kind of suffering of some sort. You know. Yeah, pain causes you, or should cause you, to cry out to God to help you. But if you're smoking that cigarette or using something to help you to forget rather than remembering, then you're not gonna by taking away the pain. You're not gonna cry out to God. And the cigarettes or whatever you use to become your God, and you should have no other God before him because God is a jealous God, and he doesn't want you to use yeah. another God. Can't da- serve two gods. Yeah. Damon, I appreciate you know, I have, your call. Oh, man, I have one more issue about having sex with, 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 with a girl that you're with. and, and You know what? Hold for me. Hold, can you hold? Damon, okay. let me take a quick break. Hold on for a minute. Uh, what do I put him on hold? Yeah. 888-775-3773 jesse We're going to take a break Top of the hour break We have another hour to go Back in a moment This is a man's world Yup This is a man's world Welcome back Oh it should be <laughs> Welcome back Jesse Lee Peterson is here Men are not men anymore You know It's pretty sad They're feminized there were ponytails and earrings. Uh, men, not all, not all, not all, but most allow women to feminize, feminize them. I've never seen anything like that before. I saw men in, 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 uh, in, uh, I saw men in high heels. And, uh, it's just amazing how that is. But anyway, welcome back. Jesse Lee Peterson is here winding down the last hour for today. We are here Monday to Friday, uh, 10 to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time, 888-77-JESSE. Jesse is no I, all right? 888-77-53773. I, uh, I, we deal with all issues, all issues. So tell folks about the show, brand new show on the air now. If you're not getting us by way of radio in your area, call your local station. They'll just plug in and get us. In the meantime, you can hear us around the world by everybody and their mama on the World Wide Web. Just go to bondinfo.org, B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G. I need to take some call. People have been waiting for a while, and I appreciate that. I want to go back to Damien first from uh, um, Arizona, and then we'll, we'll take uh, Melvin next from Oklahoma and on and on. All right. We're going to move calls in this last hour. If you'd like to call in, we do have a couple lines open. You can jump in there at 888-775-3773. Let's go back to Damon real fast. Damon, uh, repeat the last part of your question just before we went to break about having sex, I believe, out of wetlock or something. Yeah. I was just saying as, as far as, um, having uh sex with a girl that you're with that you're that you're um you're trying to help you know you're trying to help her as a person so you you hope that she listens to some of the things that you say and and takes advantage of that knowledge being there but then you see that she still will have sex with you and obviously i i've learned even though i can listen 
to the right thing to do all the time, I always get to this point in my 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 life where I'll do anything to get what I want. But, you know, as far as sex goes, I guess. So I, I'll I guess you could almost say you're lying because you, you won't mention certain things that you know are right. Like you won't tell her. You know, well, you know what? I really think that you should realize that our life can be better if you allow me to go through these type of pains. And you'll see, you'll get the better, you'll know who I really am. See, you can't know who I really am if I always get what I want. When I get into that frustration state, and then how I act and how I react is how she'll know who I really am without sex. So So what do I tell her? How do I do, I mean, I can't make her listen to you or listen to what I say when I'm conscious, but then when I become unconscious and (laughs) want what I want, then what I do. <laughs> Very good question. So you're saying that you're having sex with a girl, a young lady, <clears throat> and uh, she won't listen to you when you tell her the truth because you are having sex with her, and you won't tell her the, her the truth when you want to have sex with her. Exactly. Uh, um, well, she's not going to listen to you. One thing that men need to understand is that if you're having sex out of wetlock, and trying to tell a woman the truth, she's not going to listen to you because you know that you are a liar. You're a hypocrite. You're not what you're teaching. You're not what is coming out of your mouth. And there's no way she's going to listen to that. It's hard for women, not all, but most to listen to men anyway nowadays. But they're definitely not going to listen to one that is a hypocrite. He's asking her to do one thing while he's doing wrong. The best thing for you to do is to love this woman enough either to marry her or stop having sex with her so that you can guide her in the right way. Otherwise, it's not going to work. It's a it's a relationship made in hell. Yeah. So you're going to have to make up your mind. Either you're going to be right so that you can do right, or you're just going to be all wrong because you're not going to guide this woman in the way that you're doing it. And you need to stop being selfish by stop using her in that way. Respect her enough to either marry her or leave her alone in a sexual way. Yeah, I hear you. I, you know, I guess you already know. I already know that that's the truth. It's just, like I said, when you get in a certain position and you want something so bad, you you lie to yourself. You lie to everybody, and it it, it's just really hard to tell her the truth when I know that I have a lot of working on myself to do. But then, what if you know? You well, you can't help her until you help yourself first. And you got to stop loving lies and love the truth. It's the truth that's going to set you free. And so when you come into this understanding that I got to love truth more than I love the lie, then you shall be saved. You know, your whole world will start to change. But okay. you, and you can't love lies and truth. You either love one and hate the other. So you got to make up your mind if I want to cross over into truth or am I going to live a life of lies and just don't try to help because you can't help if you're not a good example. I got you. All right. Got to lead by example. If you're not doing it, they're not going to listen to you. So. They're not going to listen. It's like parents trying to ke- tell the kids to do right when they're doing wrong. The kids are not going to listen to that kind of crap. No. Damon, yeah, I appreciate totally it. understand. Thank you. All right. Thank you for your call. Great call, Damon. Okay. 888-775-3773. 888-77-JESSE. There's a line to open it if you want to jump in there. Let's go to Oklahoma with Melvin. Melvin, thanks for calling. Thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Yeah, Jesse. Um, I have a problem, and I don't. <clears throat> I don't know how to um, 
rectified. I've talked to a couple of you, people that go to your church, and what's basically happened is I followed my wife to Oklahoma, thought I was supporting her, and now things have turned around. The mask has actually come off, and she is doing things. I mean, we don't sleep together. We we are married, and I just don't know how to get my, basically, get my manhood back and to correct what's going wrong in my family with my wife and me because we have no communication. She says that she's a Christian, but she brought her brother in the house and told me that her brother gives her more satisfaction than I do. How, 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 you know, what, well, how, what? Well, first I want to ask, why did you follow your wife to Oklahoma? Because I thought I, was, I thought I was supporting her. In her because she had a bro- her mother died, and she had a brother that was artistic. And the state of Oklahoma says that you got to live in the state in order to have guardianship. Now, she has two other, other uh, siblings that live here, but her mother told her, I want you to take care of my boys, and I want you to come here. And I thought I was supporting her. Well, well, that was your first mistake, Melvin. A man should never follow a woman anywhere. That's out of order. It's spiritually out of order. Uh, the right way is for the woman to come into your world, and when she come into your world, she should find peace and and uh, 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 wisdom, understanding. A uh, man should never, ever, ever follow a woman. Women don't respect men who follow them. It's a sign of weakness. Uh, I'm sure there are many other ways that she could have worked out that situation with the brothers. Maybe they could have, uh, whoever it is that you know she's taking care of, could have come to wherever you were living in the beginning. You should never follow a woman anywhere. Yeah, uh, I, know. I and know. Why did you allow the brother to move in? I did not allow the brother to move in. Did you tell her that he I, I told her, I told her, he, I, it's not acceptable. I said, and she told me, well, if my brother leaves, then you got to leave. So how long you been married? <clears throat> We've been married about 13 years. And when we were in California, everything was just, I mean, nice. Everything was like we were there for each other. <clears throat> we had, you know, any problems we had, we were able to talk it out. But now she, she I mean, she just basically, see, what happened is, I lost both my legs, and I don't know if that has anything to do with her thinking that I'm not a man. But she has she has told me that her brother gives her more satisfaction. That if I leave, if her brother leaves, I gotta leave. And then she basically broke down and told me that her retirement money, from where she worked at at that hospital in California, got us this house. But when we signed it, we both signed the papers. And I just I'm just like. Wondering, you know, what has happened? Did you lose your legs after you were married or before you got married? After. After. And, and did she lose interest in you once you lost your legs? She lost interest in me. She got me a, a bed out in the living room. We have had no no intimacy, no contact, and or, or anything. She will come in and give give all these. All this stuff, she'll, she'll say to her brother, you know, how you doing? And she doesn't give me no conversation. <laughs> Why? Um, do you have children? Yes. How many? One. How old is your child? Nine years old. Boy or girl? Girl. A girl. 
You know, Melvin, you got to have to make a choice and you got to have to wake up and become a real man. You're too, it's, you sound too weak and needy of this woman. And as long as you know that you're that weak and needy of her, she's never going to respect you. Women hate weak men. Women hate men who need them and want them and allow them to control them in the manner that she's doing with you. She's running over you. She doesn't respect you because you're weak. So you're going to have to make up your mind that you want what's right more than you want this woman. And if she's unwilling to change, you're going to have to get out of there. If you can't stand up to her, it's best since you have a child there. Yeah. Are you close to your child? We are, we, we are, we are very close. Oh, okay. Well, I don't want you to leave your child with her because she's going to destroy your child. If what you're telling me is true, and I believe it, you know, I'm not hearing her point of view, and there's always two sides to every story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I want to acknowledge that, but if what you're telling me is true, you leave your child with her, she's going to destroy the child as well. No, I've, I've been told that, 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 that she is, she cannot, I mean, she, she cannot bring up a child because she's got issues with her mother. Yeah. And but she also, it sounds like she hates weak men, too. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure if you examine her relationship with her father, it won't, it she'd probably bad. hate her father as well. He was an alcoholic, yeah. and beater, and stuff like that. And so I think she's taking out, she's telling me, you know, well, I'm not going to be treated like my mother. And I tell her, I've never treated you yeah. the way your father treated your mother. Well, Melvin, hold on for me. Let me take a quick break, and I'll come back to you and try to give you some solutions that you can take. Okay. Back in a moment. 888-775-3773, 888-77-JESSE. Lines are open. Back in a moment. We are back. Welcome to the, to the show. We're winding down the last hour on Monday. Uh, and I think this is Monday, May 5th. Am I right about that, Damon? Danny? Dan, May 5th. 7th. 7th? Oh, my God. What is happening? 888-77-53773, 888-77-JESSE, a toll-free call. We pay for the call. Uh, we're on the air Monday through Friday, 10 to 12 noon Pacific time, around the world by way of Internet and some radio stations, but you have to call, find out, because I don't know where they are right now. But go to your local station, ask them to pick up the Jesse Lee Peterson Show. They'll just plug in. There's none like it. We are rebuilding the family by rebuilding the man. 888-775-3773. I'm going to go back to Melvin first here. Let's see. From Oklahoma. 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 Melvin, how long, uh, again, I'm sorry, how long you been married? 13 years. You've been married 13 years. After you got, how did you lose both of your legs? Okay, I had, um, had a problem with my small toe, and the doctor told me to, um, to whirlpool it, see if I can get some you know, blood flowing back through there, and then uh, I was distracted, and I didn't realize how hot the water was, and I was a diabetic, and I didn't feel how hot the water was until it started, it bothered me after a while, and I took them out, and then the legs started, toes started blistering, and from wow. there, it went downhill. I'm sorry to hear that. That's terrible. From there, it went downhill, and, you know, and at first, you know, it was, everything was all nice and everything, and then all of a sudden, you know, she knew I had a problem with her brother coming over every Saturday and Sunday. You know, she would she would fix him breakfast, but wouldn't fix what she'd wait till I leave to go to dialysis. Then she'd fix him breakfast, 
And I asked her, I said, you know, that I don't think that's appropriate that you're doing that. You know, and you know, and we've had these arguments to where it's like, you know, well, you can leave, but my brother's not leaving. And, and, I, and I'm like, well, how do you figure you could just talk, talk to me like that? You know, she's used foul language. And I've asked her, why do you think you could just talk to me like that? What gives you the right to talk to me yeah. like like that? And she she claims to be a Christian, but she avoids going to church. <laughs> you know, she, so I go to this church up the street, and <clears throat> she's, I don't know. Are you able to take care of yourself financially? I, I, I'm, I get a check disability. I worked for the city of Los Angeles when I was there. Oh, I see. And I get a I get a disability check every month until age sixty five. But I've been trying to start an in home business so I can get some extra money in because you know things that I'm finding out that she's doing I can't understand where our money's going. You know she's um, she's going to payday loans and she's you know and then I find it and I said I thought you said you weren't going to tell you weren't going to do this anymore without telling me and she has no reasonable answer for that. You know. Well, um, again, I'm getting one point of view here, so I have to only go on the information, uh, the the solutions that I'm suggesting to you is based on you telling me your side of the story. I'm not getting her point of view. But if what you're telling me is right, and I have no evidence to disbelieve well, she you. Never, she will never get on there and tell you that she has told me to, to kiss her, her A and and to F me and stuff. She will, she will, she will never admit to that. Is she there now? Oh yeah. Uh, will she come on the air? No, she's back there in the room. <laughs> so I said, do you want to sit down and talk, talk with him and everything? No. <laughs> Went back there and slammed the door. Uh, have you asked her brother or told her brother not to come over? Yep. And what did he say to you? He said, well, well, my sister said, I said, this ain't just your sister's house. Oh, okay. But, but he, you know, I said, I said, I live here too. This part of my house, I signed, I signed my name on the mortgage, and you, you know, I said, look, in the house, and there's a little bit that's for my daughter. That ain't for you to drink up. Remember, here's my, my best solution for you. Uh, first, you got to overcome your resentment for this woman. You know, you have to stop resenting her in the manner that she's treating you. It's wrong what she's doing, if what you're saying is true, but you got to stop resenting her because if you can stop, once you stop resenting her, then you can stand up to her in the proper way, in the proper manner. But with this resentment that you have, you're not going to be able to deal with her in the right way. You'll either be too weak or you will overdo it. Over the I do it. got your, 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 your CD about Be Still. Yeah, so you need to use that. Have you used it? I've I've used that and I just I can't seem to be able to give it my full attention because something may happen. I got to do it. I try to do it late at night when everybody sleeps, and I could just do it without being interrupted. Yeah, I recommend that you do that the first thing in the morning, every morning, and the last day at night, and you will find that inner strength given to you by God to deal with this woman and all people in the right way. But you got to drop your anger. you got to stop resenting her and then be absolutely honest with her, but don't overreact to her. Just tell her the, her the truth. And if she is refusing to change, you may have to 
move out. You know, it's, her, it's, it's your house too, right? Yeah. Or maybe you have to sell the house or something and move out and take your daughter with you so that you can raise your daughter because some women are so guyful, 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 or willful that they won't, you know, they hate men so much, especially women who are hating their fathers, that this woman may refuse to change. And since you're in a wheelchair, you know, you, 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 you know, you're like in a, in a helpless position right now, at least physically. So you may have to get your money out of that house and get your own place and take your daughter with you and just focus on your daughter, raising your daughter. But you can't need this woman love. You can't need her approval. You can't need her to feel good, make you feel good in order for you to move forward. Yeah, that's what somebody told me, that she cannot give me the kind of love that I need. No, she doesn't have love to give you. You should have the love to give to her, but right now you don't have the love to give to her because no, you need no, her. No. Yeah, so you're going to have to get over your resentment for your, your mother because it sounds like you end up marrying your mother. So you're going to have to forgive your mother for the way she treated you and your father for not being there to protect you from your mother. And so that you can deal with this woman in the proper way. You have to get to a point where you don't need her at all emotionally. It's abnormal for men to need women emotionally uh, because women need men to help them overcome their emotion. And if you're emotional and you need her to in an emotional way, it's like two women being together. Yeah. And so you're going to have to work on yourself. If I, Hey, you know what I recommend right now? Instead of moving out at this point. I would get quiet within myself. I would do that prayer that I've taught you, that you have on that CD. Yes. I would just every morning, every night do that for now. And then you'll find yourself starting to see clearer and feel better. And you'll be able to start dealing with this woman and life in the right way. Because you're not going to, in the, in the situation that you're in right now, you're not going to be able to do anything about her. But you can change the way you deal with her, and that's what's going to make you feel better. But I you, really, I really appreciate this because I've been, and I can't. I'm so, I can't sleep at night. I'm so, I'm taking all this medicine for anxiety and depression. Yeah, and I'm just um. Well, it's because you're a very angry, insecure, needy person, and you've used this woman to satisfy temporarily that need but it doesn't last men make a big mistake the wrong mistake when they look to women for love women don't have love to give men men are supposed to get their love from christ and christ get his love from god and the man is supposed to pass his love down to the woman and then she passes on down to the children but when you are looking for love from her you're going to get you're going to get hell you're going to get what you're getting now because you are spiritually out of order. And so you you have to pull away from that and quieten yourself by doing that prayer so God can slow you down and turn you around and guide you the right way to go. Because I got one of your newsletters, too, because I had gotten that tape, and I'm going to um, start maybe... Um, calling and talking to the counselors or something. Yeah. Do me a favor... For now, forget about your wife and do this prayer that you have and call me on Friday and let me know how it's going. I certainly will. If you do the prayer, if you're faithful in prayer, 
God would definitely change your life for the good. Okay. Because you, you, a man should never look to a woman for love. Okay. They don't have it to give. It's, okay. It should be the other way around. Women look to the man as men look to Christ. Okay. And right now you're out of order. That's why you're suffering. You have the wrong need for women. Okay. And your, and your wife hates you for that. Women hate men that need them in that way. Okay. So do the prayer faithfully for the rest of this week, starting today, and call me during the show on Friday and let me know how I want to talk to you how things are going. Okay. All right? But All forget right. it. Forget about her. Don't let her frustrate you. Let her just act up and do what she's doing. And you get yourself in order spiritually things will start to change immediately for you. You you will see your way out of that situation or how to deal with her in the right way where you don't have to leave. Okay. But right now, do the prayer. All right. Thank you, sir. My heart goes out to you, man. I pray that things work out for you, and I look forward to hearing from you on Friday. Okay. Thanks for the call. Okay. Thank you. All right. That is amazing. But that's typical. I hear that all the time. Maybe not that bad. I'm the guy in the wheelchair. But, man, a week for women today is, you know, they're looking to women in a way that they should be looking to Christ. A man should never, ever, ever, but never, ever, 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 but never look to a woman for love. They don't have it to give. There's God and Christ, Christ and man, man over woman and woman over children. Women love men who love what's right. The women do not love men who love them. They love men who love truth. They do not love men who love them. They love men who live truth, live by example. They do not love men who cater their lives or rotate their lives around them. They love men who love what's right first. And men who love the woman more than they love what's right are not happy men, they're not strong men, they're not real men. They're insecure, emotional, needy, pathetic men, and women hate it. And now, some women will tell you, you know what, I want an emotional man. I want a man who will tell me their problems. They're lying to you. They're seducing you. And once they get you, they're going to wipe you out. Because a woman is not in her nature to handle your problems. She needs you to be a solid foundation so that when she's uh, uh, under you, you know, you're her head, she can look at you and feel secure. She can have confidence in you. A woman should never see a man weak. Never, ever, ever. A man should never go to a woman for counseling. They don't have it, men. It's not the way God created it. This is not a macho thing. It's not an ego thing. It's a spiritual thing. This is truth. 888-77-53773. 888-77-JESSE. J-E-S-S-E. No I. We're going to take a break. We have half an hour left in this program for today. Lines are open. Uh, so let me hear from you. My heart goes out to Melbourne. I understand it's from We'll be back in a moment, folks. Lines are open at 888-77-53773-888-77-JESSE. You know, I just want to piggyback on Melvin out of 
Oklahoma. Um, what men need to understand is that there is a spiritual order to life. Uh, and whether we like it, accept it, believe it or not, it's still out there. It's in the, it's in the air. It's in our nature. It's in the spirit. That, that order is God in Christ, Christ in man, man over woman and woman over children. And men, when you're first born, when you come through your mother womb, you're supposed to love your father, your mother and father. And so you love your mother. You get that motherly love for until you're about three years old, you know, pampering and, and that mother's love. But after three years old or so, the father should take over and by example teach you to love him and wean you off from mother's love, from that needy, emotional, you know, mother's love, which is it's good in the beginning. It's good from one to three, from birth to three. But after a while, it becomes no good. And so the father comes in and a man who loves us right, not a, a macho, fake man or weak, pathetic man or angry man, but a man who loved truth, lived truth should come in and wean the boys and girls, the children, both male and female, off the mother's love and give the kids wisdom and understanding and logic rather than emotion. And when the kids can love the father because he's, you know, a lovable man, a good man, compassionate man, then that uh, that connection is always there. Loving the father you're going to grow up with a sound mind. You know, you're going to deviate still a little bit because you're going to have a bit of mama still in you. But when you become of age, you're able to forgive and completely become as your father is, a man of wisdom and strength and understanding, no anger but compassion. Know what is right and do it without having been told. That's how you grow up. And then when you get married, you're gonna you're gonna look for a woman that will come into your world, because you don't need her, and and in an emotional way you don't need her to make you feel good and make you feel like a man, because feeling like a man doesn't make you a man. There is no feeling to manhood. There's only feelings to womanhood, but not manhood. So if you feel like a man, you're really feeling like a woman. So. And so what happens is when you grow of age, you're ready to date and marry, you meet a woman who agrees with your principle. God will give it to you. It'll just happen naturally. And she comes into your world. You don't go into her world because, and not all women are like this. I want to make this clear because there are women who are growing up with, with a father that they love and respect. But many are not, especially, especially in the black community. When you have 70% of black babies born out of wedlock, it's going to be tough to find a woman who loves her father. And if you don't marry a woman who loves her father, you're going to catch pure hell. It's nothing but hell. <laughs> it's hell. Because if a woman don't love her father, she's not going to love the man she meet. And most of the time, the man she meet, because you have become attracted to what you hate, and you... You love what you hate, what you've been traumatized by. 
And so she's going to be attracted to a man who's just like her father, one that would cheat on her, one that is weak, one that needs her, one that can't stand up to her looking for love. So you catch hell. But if men and women love their fathers and they grow up loving their fathers, they're going to be attracted to, uh, the men would be attracted to a woman who is somewhat like, like his mother because we can't get around that really. Because if you had a good mother, a mother going to let go of that child and let the father have that child without a fight because you understand it's the right thing to do, right? And so you attracted, you would be attracted to a woman that is not made of hell, but are made of the light, made of good. And life is still, it would go on as good. It would still be challenging, but you, because you're walking by the light, you have a better chance of having, uh, uh, re, uh, having a good life, good children and guiding them in the right way. But if those women, men, when you meet a woman nowadays, you better find out how she feels about her father. And if she resents her father, if she doesn't have a good relationship with her father, you better move on. Or, or, well, you should not be having sex with her anyway. Uh, you can show her love by being honest and fair and tell her, you know, you gotta forgive, let go of that anger to your father because you're never gonna be happy. You know, God said in the Bible that in the, in the end days or there would come a time where he would return to fathers back to the children and the children back to the fathers. That time is at hand. And so for Melvin and for Damien who called from Arizona, they have a responsibility to love the women, in Melvin's case, his wife, and Damien's case, his girlfriend, to love them as Christ loved you, as Christ loved the church. Your body is the temple. Your body is the church. And Christ loved you in a righteous way. That's how you're going to have to love your, your women. You can't have sex out of wedlock. And expect to get respect from your woman. You can't need your woman emotionally and expect to get respect from her. She would turn you into a drug addict, a liar, or sex addict or something because you in yourself find yourself hating her so much. Uh, you got to go out and look for it elsewhere because that anger that you feel awakened those sexual appetites, those emotions, now you got to go out and cheat on them. But you got to have love, and love is not resenting. And men have been given, have been given the responsibility to represent God on earth. He is not God, so hear me out, but he is his representation. When the world see men, they should see Christ. They should see a patient, honest, hardworking doing what's right, taking care of his family, uh, man. But nowadays, because men don't love what's right, they love their lower nature more than they love what's right. You see weak, pathetic, emotional, needy, feminized men. And the more weak, the weaker you become, uh, the more the woman is going to feminize you. She's going to make a complete woman out of you. You got to turn away from the woman and turn back to God. You should have no other God before him. And the way you turn back, you got to forgive your mothers and grandmothers for what they have done to you.
They didn't mean it. They couldn't help themselves. They hated their mothers and fathers. And that hate is passed on, that resentment is passed on from generation to generation to generations to generations. Because no one is pausing. I'm going to say no one. Most people are not pausing for a moment in order to examine and know thyself so that they can change spiritually and deal with this thing properly. So Melvin, you got to pull away from your woman. She's doing this to you because you need her and she resents you because you need her. If what you're telling me is true and I have no reason to doubt you, she hates all men, including her father, even her brother. She really doesn't love her brother either. Because if she loved her brother, she would allow her brother to come in and disrespect you. But she's using her brother as well, if what you're telling me is true. So you got to pull away from her and look within. Forgive your mother and grandmother for setting you up to be subject to women instead of to God. They couldn't help themselves. They know not what they do. And if you just be quiet, be still within, use that prayer that I taught you, or uh, the CD that you bought. If you're interested in getting a copy of Be Still and Know, you can uh, go online and order it at bondinfo.org, B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O.org, or call us at 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND, and, and Order a copy of Be Still and Know. It's not, it doesn't cost that much. Shipping and handling included. It doesn't cost that much. And, and, and be still and know God. Not be still and know the woman. Now, or your dope or your cigarettes or your alcohol or your phony friends or be still and know God. There's a better life in love and truth than you can ever find in love and lies. And most people are lies. All their friends are liars. If you notice, men are not attracted to women who tell them the truth. They're only attracted to women who lie to them, make them, quote, unquote, feel like a man until they hook them in their webs. And then they show them that they're really not men. And, and women are not attracted to men who would treat them right. They will seduce them if they try not to have sex with them or especially, but not only. Melvin said his wife was a, quote, unquote, Christian. The Christian women, not all. But they are the worst. I've counseled with men over the last 17 years who caught more hell from Christian women than they have from women, quote unquote, of the world. But you got to turn to what's right. 888-77-53773-888-77. Jesse, I want to hear from you. Even if you disagree, ladies out there, men who may disagree with what I'm talking about, I want to hear from you. I'm open for a disagreement. Show me where I am wrong. I could be wrong. I'm not wrong, but I could be wrong, but I'm not. It's a spiritual order. Even the preachers, especially especially the black preachers, they're weak, pathetic men. Not all of them, of course, but most are. They have turned their household over to the woman, and they have turned their churches now over to the women. Because they can't stand up to their wives. They need them to validate their selfish ego to make them feel like a man. Sex them up so that they can feel good about themselves like a dope dealer. You know how the dope dealer come and he give you some free dope to draw you in. And once he got you, he destroys you. 
That's how sex is with men. They're too needy of it. It, it keeps them in the darkness. It weakens them. It gives them a false sense of identity. And mothers start out, not all mothers, but mothers start out doing this to their children, their boys and girls, when they're helpless, defenseless, and subject to the mothers. And the fathers have already been wiped out by their mothers, so they marry these women or get with these women either by not getting married, and they leave their children with them. It's a spiritual battle, folks, and it starts in the home first. This is not a man versus woman thing. This is a good versus evil. 888-77-JESSE, 888-77-53773. We're going to be back in a moment. Lines are wide open. Okay, we are back. Welcome to the show. We also provide counseling. Uh, if you need counseling, whether you're a man or a woman, male or female, young or old, we do family and individual counseling at Bond. You can call if you're out of state. If you're not in the Los Angeles area, you can call one uh, 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND, and just tell them that you want to uh, set up an appointment for counseling. And uh, we have counselors avail- available for you to help you, to guide you, to point the right way for you, men and women, because women have to forgive too. It's the anger of the woman that you see in the children. Women must forgive. And this is not a woman bashing thing. This is a truth thing. We can't, men and women of God cannot fall for the world idea in that we can't tell truth when it comes to, we can't speak the truth when it comes to dealing with women. Women need to hear the truth because they are hurting from the lie, the lie that they believe within their own hearts, the lie that they use to justify their bad behavior. Uh, the lie that it's the father uh, who causes the children to become angry. Now, you do find that. It's very rare. But most of the time, this anger comes from the, fa- the mothers. Now, especially, especially in the black community, the fathers are not around. They're out making babies by somebody else and their mama. So they don't have time to make the kids angry. Yes, the kids feel a void for the father not being there. Uh, due to the father not being there. But the anger that you see in gang members, male and female, these boys and girls who are going to jail, committing these crimes, having sex out of wedlock, disrespect of women, it's been passed down from their mothers. And if the grandmothers are raising them, uh, it's coming down from the, the grandmothers because these women are angry in that it's difficult to raise children on their, children on their own because kids do not listen to mothers after a while. And now the mothers have to beat the life out of them, intimidate them, and threaten them in order to get some type of cooperation from the children. The wrong way to deal with it, but that's what they're doing. And kids end up resenting that kind of torture. And the moment that they resent, you become like what you resent. So now the nature that is in their mothers and grandmothers now and been passed down to them. I hear a lot of boys and girls, young old, tell me I'm just like my mother and I don't want to be. That's because that anger that's his mother is in you. You got to forgive. And when you forgive, and you, when you forgive, you go to them and say, you know what, I'm sorry for resenting you. 
Don't uh, ask them to forgive you. God will forgive you. If they have any decency, they will too. But when you ask people for forgiveness, most of them are not going to do it because they like having that control over you. Melvin's wife is what Melvin is saying. She loves having that control over him. It turns her on when he is wimping and whining and begging and getting upset. And I mean, that gives that nature inside of her energy. Now, you ever had anyone who taunted you to try and make you mad, a man or a woman or a woman to a man. Uh, and uh, when you don't get mad, uh, they try to make do good things to make you feel good, or they taunt you and taunt you until you they finally get you angry, and once you're mad, they seem to be satisfied. It's like they all of, now that you're angry, they feel better. That's because they have taken your life. They'll suck the life out of you. You're giving them your life. You're giving them energy, your energy. You feel drained, and they're all excited. They're ready to go another eight hours nonstop. So you got to, so when you go to these folks, your parents, or whether it's father or mother, ask them to say, you know what? I'm sorry for resenting you. I was wrong. It's wrong for what you've done to me, but it's wrong for me to resent you. I become like you. And I'm wrong. When you repent in that manner, God will forgive you in an instant. You can go free. Never being the same again. But as long as you judge, you're going to be judged. And when you judge, you're playing God. And when you play God, you should never know God. Because there's only one God and you're not God. We have the responsibility to discern, but not uh, judge. I want to, in the last few minutes we have left here, I want to, 888-775-3773, Jesse, lines are open if you want to call in now. They're wide open. Uh, you have questions or uh, comments or you agree or disagree with me, feel free to call in at 888-775-3773. In the last few minutes, uh, I just want to read you a quick, short article here. That is from uh, BlackPressUSA.com. It is uh, Waters, who is uh, Maxine Waters, wants AIDS test for prisoners. Los Angeles, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, a Democrat, has introduced bill in the House of Representatives calling for insurance companies to cover the cost of HIV testing and testing for federal prisoners upon their incarceration and release. We believe, the article goes on, we believe that when you do this kind of testing, not only will you diagnose HIV slash AIDS, but you can get people started on the kinds of medicine they, that they need in order to have long and healthy lives, said Waters. The insurance bill, H.R. 822, would require insurance companies to pay for HIV testing in the same way they'll cover the cost of diabetes testing. H.R. 1943, the Stop AIDS in Prison Act of 2007, called for mandatory HIV and AIDS testing for all inmates arriving and exiting a federal concentrational facility. Waters 
efforts are in response to the growing impact HIV and AIDS is having in minor and minority and minority communities. According to the Census for Disease Control and Preservation Prevention Preservation Prevention, African Americans or I say black Americans, I don't like African American because they're black Americans. Black Americans account for half of all new HIV and AIDS cases. Racial and ethnic minority comprise of 69% of new cases. Isn't that amazing? You know, what's amazing about that, too, is that rather than dealing with the lack of morality within the black community, it's because that's what's causing this. The lack of self-control, the lack of moral values, they want to just do testing. And get the folks drugs, but they don't want to change the character or the nature of the people. Just get them drugs, keep them alive a little longer so they can have more sex and get more disease and kill everybody else. Uh, comprises of six black folks can, uh, racial and ethnic minorities comprise 69% of new cases according to the 2005 data released by the CDC. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, blacks made up 41% of all inmates in the prison system at the end of 2004. That's amazing to me. Congresswoman Waters always has been an unapologetic advocate for fighting AIDS in the black community. In the wrong way. This is a liberal Democrat. Maxine Waters is not on the side of good. Maxine Waters is on the side of staying uh, 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 in the government, uh, st- uh, uh, maintaining her power and wealth. Uh, says Philip Wilson, executive director of director of the Black AIDS Institute. AIDS is America today. Um, AIDS in America today is a black disease, according to this report. AIDS in America today is a black disease. Isn't that a lie? AIDS is an immoral disease. It's happened to folks who are out of control, who has no self-control. You remember when AIDS first started, was uh, discovered in this country? It was a homosexual disease. Everybody knew it, and people were saying it at 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 a period of time. Homosexuals became angry. And said, do not call it a homosexual disease. And we got away from calling it a homosexual disease. Now they call it a black disease. Blacks should be embarrassed by this. I believe had we done something about it when it was just in the homosexual community, it wouldn't be as widespread as it is today. But because they did nothing about it, it became a political issue. And they stopped identifying it as a homosexual disease. It just opened up the floodgate. So it can affect the rest of society, mainstream society. Current funding levels and HIV policies are not keeping up with the reality of AIDS in the black community. That means that they want more laws and more money. Uh, Dennis J. Freeman is a contributor to the blackaids.org, to blackaids.org. AIDS is a black disease. That is a lie. That's an insult. 
I don't know why you're always attaching, attaching negatives to black folks. Maybe because black people allow them to get away with it. Um, you know, if this bill should get should pass, that you know that money is coming out of your pocket, right? Because if the insurance companies are forced to cover these folks, because everybody and their mama have it, over fifty percent of black people have the the disease. Fifty percent—that's amazing. It, uh, it's going to break the insurance company, which means that you're going to have to pay. Your insurance would go up. It's going to come out of your pockets to uh, take care of more people. Over fifty percent of the new cases are in the black community. Thank you. Well, that's outstanding too. Over fifty percent. So you're going to have to pay if this bill should pass. I would suggest that you call your representatives and ask them to vote no on H.R. 822, the Maxine Waters bill, requiring you insurance company to pay for testing for people who are going in and out of the prisons around the country. Everybody and their mama had that disease. If I were black people, I would be scared to have sex, to be honest with you. <laughs> I would really have to wait until marriage get a blood test done and everything before I married. I mean, how can you take that kind of risk? The people look healthy, but they're they're a danger zone. That's amazing. Don't forget, folks, that we do counseling, uh, family and individual counseling. Go to our website at bondinfo.org, B-O-N-D-I-N-F-O dot O-R-G. No matter where you are in the world, we'll counsel with you. You just have to call and set it up. Uh, get a copy of the Be Still and Notate. It teaches you how to pray. Just calm down and let reality catch up with you. We'll be back tomorrow, 10 to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. Tell the folks about the show. And uh, thank you for calling in today. I thank my guest, Reverend Winters, for being on with us. And we'll be back tomorrow with something real exciting for you, too. Thank you, folks. Have a good evening.